0: What's up, people? Welcome back to the BCMA Podcast. That's the Black Clover Martial Arts Podcast. It's your boy, Lucky, from Lucky's Muay Thai, and this is episode 11. And um, if you like the show, please hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell if you want to be bothered once a week with my videos and other videos that I might or might not post. Um, on this show, we have my man, Crew Dave Gomez, who is the founder of Beautiful Violence Muay Thai Miami, he has been a staple of Muay Thai in South Florida as long as I've known. Um, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about a project, LivingMuayThai.com, that they did in the beginning of the pandemic when things got a little weird. They decided to do this project. So I'm going to let him tell you about that. I'm not going to going to push it too much. I don't know as much either. So uh, I'm going to let him do that. By the way, one championship fight card, let me just say, Tang is fighting. Yatsen Klai is fighting Patch. Sidichai is fighting Superbon. Stamp is fighting. And Superlek is fighting. This is as good a fight card as I've seen of any other show. You have no idea how bad I w- can't wait to see this. 7 days, 21 hours, 55 minutes and 36 seconds. If you're sleeping on uh one championship... I feel for you missing out, man. Better get on it. Um, anyway, I love you guys. I hope everybody's staying safe. It looks as if things are still crappy. <laughs> so, um, regardless, uh, we keep it pushing and, uh, Lucky's Muay Thai is still doing its thing. Six people classes. We have to add hours next month because we want to make sure that, um, we're not packing people in the gym or anything like that. We're keeping people separated and we're instead of adding more people to the classes, we're adding more hours to the day. So, uh, if you want to check us out, make sure you hit up luckysmt.com, um, and drop us a line, man. You can hit me up right here. You can hit me up on Instagram at Lucky's Muay Thai. You can hit me up on Twitter at Lucky's Muay Thai. You can send me a pigeon, carrier. pigeon. They still do that. Telegraph. Whatever you got to do, drop me a line. Let me know how things are on your end and what you'd like to hear me talk about or otherwise. Here is my conversation with Crew Dave Gomez. I just broke my desk. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Peace. Welcome back. It's your boy, Lucky, from Lucky's Muay Thai. And on today's show, we have my man, Crew Dave Gomez. He is the founder of Beautiful Violence Muay Thai Miami. He has been around for a long time. He is one of my all-time favorite people. And he's somebody I've known and really respected and looked up to. So please welcome my man crew Dave. What's up? Hello, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I've known you for a long time. I'm super happy to have you on. It's uh it's been a it's been a long ride watching you and then like watching other people around. And then here we are still after all these years. I am super stoked to be in this position talking to you on that in that position over there. And uh, please just do me a favor really quick and tell the people a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, well, I'm just uh I, I kinda consider myself in the same category as you, man. Just a, a big, big, big lover of Muay Thai and I feel like it's my mission to uh to help everybody understand why it is I fell in love with it and make them all do do the same.
0: Nice man. What's your what uh when did you start um doing muay thai exactly?
1: Um well uh I, I fought in kickboxing and karate as a kid a lot and um, I didn't even know what muay thai was. And then um, as a teenager, uh, 15, 16 years old, I started fighting against guys who had more experience in understanding the differences of what Muay Thai was to kickboxing. And um, the thing that sold me was low kicks, man. <laughs> okay. So at, at 15, 16 years old, I got my legs trashed by people who knew better. And uh, right. I started studying, but I didn't have an instructor to, uh, to lead me. There, there was nobody down here that, that I, I believed in, or that I believed could help me. You know, So I would go wherever i could and however i could and um i started traveling for seminars um i started doing everything i could to find people that could teach me i feel like a lot of the stuff we i, I got to learn in the beginning was 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 called muay thai and wasn't really the deal <laughs> so so right. when did i start training a long long time ago but when did i really really um when did my game really change um i met a man who uh, who helped me a lot his name was raul Yopis and um i met him in uh 2005 or 6 and. Um, he, he, he started working with me, and I'd had a lot of experience in boxing. I'd had a karate background. I'd had, I'd had some experience, but not in the way that he fought. And, and Raul Yopis was, was a champion in traditional Thai boxing in, in Thailand and around the world. And, Real um, quick, uh, shout
0: out to Raul Yopis, man.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, he was a really big help to me. And um, I learned by him beating me up. He beat me up <laughs> every day for, for, <laughs> for a year. And at the end of that year, I got to go to Edger Chai's first uh, world, ch- world championship of Thai boxing in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, I yeah, thought man. I wanted the judges said I lost the final match close, but I, I felt like I learned a lot in that year, and that, that's what I given nice
0: man. you know, I remember um fought strike force as well, right yep yep, I remember all like I remember all of that that's beautiful man, so I see behind you that there is a <laughs> new place to train there what <laughs> you know it's funny because you're a dude that. I just this is what I pictured, right? For real. <laughs> this, the, the outdoor gym, everybody, you know, it looks very familiar when you talk Thai boxing to people that know it, that have been doing it for a while. So I think people that do it now, that just start out, they see a lot of like Tiger Muay Thai gym. They see like, you know, it's it's a very um, how do you put it? it listen, those places are beautiful, they're very nice. But if you started doing Muay Thai back sort of when we did or a little bit before that this is a way more familiar feel (laughs) uh, tell me a little bit about how you know the the process and how you you know what what's going on there (laughs) well um so i'm trying listen to be quite honest what i want to do is i'd like to do this but i'd also like to come out and shoot a training day with you there because i think it's a beautiful you know beautiful place and i'd love to come there and just hang out and train heck yeah 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 we'd love to have you anytime man
1: um well, uh, this wasn't the original plan. And about a year ago, uh, my uncle, um, I live with my uncle in, in a great big house on a great big property. And, um, he told me about a year ago, like Dave, people love training in Thailand. You should just build an outdoor camp in the yard and have people come and train here. And I told him a year ago, that would be crazy. And before COVID it would have been crazy, but now people are calling me a genius. <laughs> That's nice and, that. Um, you know, we have an outdoor spot. I built the design pretty much on um, where it is. I go to tra- I go to train with the John Stanktoni when I go to Thailand, and I go every year for a month. And um, he's he's taught me more than I could ever ever thank him for. And um, when when he took me the first time to some of the fancier gyms, he took me to uh, the uh, Pattaya Fairtex gym. He took me to some of the fancier ones, and he pointed and looked around and he said, "How many fighters do you actually, see? you know?" And the truth was, in those fancy air conditioned gym, there was no actual fighters, you know. Right. Nice. And we go to the places where fighters actually train, and it was always an outdoor spot. It was always like move a chicken out of the way so you could kick the heavy bag, you know. And and uh, there's no chickens here, but I tried to build my camp real close to his, you know. I
0: love it, man. I think it's beautiful, man. I think it's beautiful. So, uh, tell me, are you have, do you have fighters right now that you're training? Um, yes, I see yeah. a lot of people there training Muay Thai that are, you know, this is it's beautiful, and I know that you're a great coach. I've seen this, you know, first, firsthand. So do you have anybody that's getting ready right now? Um, I do, but
1: there's really no telling as to when this may be. So it's hard to keep these guys inspired. It's hard to keep uh, people training with the same type of uh, intensity. So right now I'm trying to keep everybody inspired. I'm trying to remind everybody how it might be done when we're in Thailand. I'm, I'm trying to remind my team that, that we brought Thailand to Miami and um, we're going to handle ourselves just like they would. You know, and um, so I have some uh, ranking tests that we use within the Thai Boxing Association, and I use with my team. I'm trying to use that as motivation. You know, and we have. uh, I'm going to be hosting a testing in a couple of weeks, and it feels like maybe they're training more for that than they are for
0: fights because we don't know when the next fights might be. Right. I know. um, Speaking of, I was going to say, I know 305 fights is doing some fights, but again, this is what this is in the cage, which I love. I mean, it, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do if there's no fights. Right. Um, yeah it's it's tough man there's nothing really going on and what what is your take on fighting in the cage anyway like listen man you know the mma takeover has happened uh oddly enough i look around i'm just looking at the one championship fight card and i'm like man this is as good as any fight card ever. i've ever seen yeah ever. <laughs> <Pech> and, <Rod laughs> and fucking yod and oh god Sitachai and super Blonde. i mean but we don't get that love man so we end up doing what one championship does which is we end up fighting in a cage a lot do you do you want your fighters to fight more in a ring do you matter does it matter that they fight in a cage or does it matter that they're just getting fights
1: want is a funny thing to me i want them to get fight experience and however they can get it um my personal style of fighting i actually like fighting in a cage cuz you know, I'm, I'm the white cow man. I want to walk you down, hold you dead, and put your to that thing while I need it. So, I mean, that contributes to the way I like to fight anyway. I'm okay with the cage style Muay Thai. Um, but um, the traditionalists really, I, I, I like some of the things we get to have with it, with the ring, Uh, you know, jumping over the ropes and and stealing yeah. the ring and doing the waifu feels, feels important to me, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So, tell me um, about this project that you have going, dot com, and... I didn't get to hear a lot about it, so go ahead and kick it, man. What, what tell? Yeah, tell yeah, um, Well, uh, when the COVID
1: shutdown first happened, uh, it, it scared me as a businessman. It scared me. It scared me uh, as to how it is I'm going to keep in touch with my students, and then um, seeing what some of the mega gyms did immediately afterward as a response that scared me even more. You know, the, the places like uh, the, the the LA Fitness and UFC gyms had 50 virtual classes a week, and how could I possibly even keep up with that? You know, so. My first, um, my first order of business was to reach out to all of the instructors that have helped me in this process you know, of, of training for all these many years, and, and and I know that they would have been having the same struggles, you know. Um, so eleven of us from around the country, from uh, Minnesota to Los Angeles to Washington to Iowa, to all over the place, um, we partnered up so that we could each host some virtual classes and just help each other. And the original plan was just to for my students to be able to take virtual classes with any of theirs and for their students to do the same. And we started with a very humble approach and then they gained a lot of interest really quickly. And um, since all of us train under Adrian Chai and we all keep in touch with him and he, he's, he's made it such a big point that that um, he calls all the teachers that he's worked with his kids. He said he's wanted all these years for his kids to work together. Um, so he, he sent, you know, when, when we talked to him and, and told him the story, he said for 52 years, he's been in the United States. He's so very proud that this is the first time stood, his, his kids have worked together.
0: Wow, and, man. That's uh, beautiful,
1: man. That was powerful. So those words made, made me take this a whole step further. And yeah. a few months ago, we started pushing it a little bigger. We made the, um, the biggest video library of franchise teachings that have, have ever been put together. And um, we started hosting uh, a full schedule of virtual classes. With uh, eleven different instructors from from different parts of the United States, it's been really cool. Wow, man, that's
0: amazing! And it's livingmoytai dot Yeah. All right. Um, I'm gonna make we hosted a webinar. Data.
1: We hosted a webinar with Edran Chai, and um, it, you know he, he normally would have traveled for forty weeks out of every year doing right. a seminar in a different place, you know, and um, he's been locked down in Thailand since January. Yeah. So. Um, he, he's, you know, uh, he, he's angry <laughs> and, uh, he was trying to reach out to teach however he could. So yeah, we set up a I'm webinar trying. for him and it, it we had it went really good. We had over 400 people. Um, and, and it was three hours long and we got to use, uh, Roger Damner, number one fighter. We got to use adjourn sanctinoy as a partner for him teaching. And it was really, really cool.
0: Wow, man. That's amazing. Dude, I'm, I'm super proud of you, brother. Look at you, man. All, all of this time, you know what I mean? And you're still right there, right there, man, contributing, being a, a leader in Muay Thai in Florida. And I love it, brother. So since you are that and you're somebody that has been around for so long here, I think that you, if, if, if anybody has the right to give an opinion or, you know, uh, express what they feel about the state of sort of Muay Thai in Florida and where it is, where it could be, it would be you. So what is your take on where things are right now as far as uh, Muay Thai, Florida? Let's even say kickboxing, MMA, what, whatever. Let's combat sports. I think we're
1: at a point of popularity that it's, that it's never really been. That's great. You know, I think um, people are wanting to fight all over the place. Um, it feels like Florida is the kind of place that has ADD. We go in a thousand directions at the same time. <laughs> yes. um, so, you know, the, the traditionalist to me, the, the, the purest of Muay Thai that I am, um, it's, it's hard sometimes. Cause I don't know, I don't know if the scene of Muay Thai itself is growing very fast in Florida, but it's grown. It's definitely grown. And I, and I see schools um, like Jacksonville Muay Thai, Tampa Muay Thai, Lucky's Muay Thai that are really bringing out real Muay Thai fighters. And, and, and I'm re- like, it's, it's ne- at a place that it's never been in Florida. There used to be just me and Dominique, and, yeah. That, yeah, and, and that was the two stops.
0: Yo, I, I wonder, though, did, what is the, have we plateaued or are we still growing? What do you think it's going to take in order for us to have our own sort of our place where we're, we are, you know, respected
1: all around? Well, when we travel and I get to compete in the big tournaments, I think that's the the time when I get to come do the most comparison, you know. And I feel like the fighters in the Midwest get so much experience and they get so much support. Um, and 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 it's always puzzled me as to why. But then you know, the more that I that I I have a couple of affiliate schools in Iowa that I work with, and it taught me a lot because when they have an amateur smoker, a little tiny show, a little tiny fight show in Des Moines, Iowa. Everybody in the town goes because there's nothing else to do and there's yeah. nothing else to see, and they end up getting a lot of support. And now these local fighters, the the people from whatever small town, they're so proud that a guy came from their small town that they buy his merchandise and they support his is is whatever they can support and however they can support it, and they buy tickets even if they don't come. Um, so, like, what do we have to do in South Florida to 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 grow to their level of fighters? Is grow to their level of audience? I feel like. We have to have the support behind
0: us, or we'll never be able to do that. Okay, but we're but but because we're in a place like because we're in like you and I are in Miami, right, South Florida. You know, I think there's you know not there's not that many of us Bushido, you, me. I mean, there's only a few straight Muay Thai gyms. What do but what? How do we get the audience? Like, do we need to like have some fighter that's just knocking so many so many people out that they're just like that's our that's look at that? You know, what well, I, mean? I mean, I don't think so. I think every we should take every
1: opportunity to make a fan um an I, example so that comes to that my mind fast. is M- is MSC. i fought for an event that when they approached me they said hey you know we're going to do an mma show with no ground so i scratched my yeah. head and i said you mean muay thai and they said no 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 it's it's you know uh striking punching kicking elbows with takedowns you mean muay thai
0: no 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 we're, you know and we argued right, bro i i sparred with you for that show i tried to I deal, know, I that know, that
1: know. deal no, but like when i when I finally um, got to the show and, and, and met the announcer, the announcer is now, is now my student and a really cool guy, Rodolfo Roman. And right. um, Rodolfo and I started talking. He didn't, he, he didn't know much about when we Thai from any other martial art. It was all the same to him. You know, and he said, oh, uh, so when I mentioned your name, what, what should I say? And, uh, and he stayed and was interested in what I was saying. And he said, okay, so when you walk into the ring, you're going to be wearing that weird head thing. Oh, wow. That's weird. And then, you know, I told him a little bit about Thailand and I told him a little bit about what the waiku was. And I, and he just, he hung on my every word. He, he, he was so very interested. And then when I did the waiku, as I was doing the waiku, he was talking to the audience, explaining to them what I was doing. Okay. When I left there that day, well, you know, all right. So uh, Rodolfo actually ended up having his honeymoon in Thailand because he and his wife fell in love with the stories I told them. (laughs) All right. uh, you know, a year later they ended up uh, having their, their honeymoon in Thailand. But um uh after that show, a bunch of people came to me, not because I had the greatest performance, just because it was a really cool thing for them to fall in love with, and they did. And fans came to me afterwards and said, Wow, that Waiku was so cool. Could you tell me more about it? And and towards the end of that show, I had a hundred people hanging on my story of Thailand that had nothing to do with the fight. Right. You know? Yeah. I think maybe other shows can do that too. Maybe MMA shows. Can can the same way they have like a inter you know, a halfway show with dancers and they explain what the dancers and cheerleaders are doing? Maybe they could have a halftime show or, or an ex- explanation of what things like the white crew or the cultural stuff that we do. Maybe a Krabi Krabong performance before the next Muay Thai uh, fight yeah, in an MMA like show. Yeah, maybe, maybe the be... culture of Muay Thai helps us go that way.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You know, it's funny to me. I remember, I remember way back, and there was only a, a couple of there was only MMA was kind of just really kicking in. There were some people here in Florida doing it, but it was kind of weird to watch us all doing, you know, Muay Thai shows, Master Mir Dad, Dominant, whoever's doing shows, right? And then now you look up and Florida is synonymous with MMA fighters. All these UFC fighters, all these, everybody's in, you know, ATT here and, you know, like all these different places. And I'm like, wow, man, this is kind of crazy because – I would, I would, I would like to feel like that we will get there somewhere. So at some point, you know, where where one championship goes, oh, we have three fighters in in South Florida that fly over and fight in Singapore or wherever, you know, or we have a one championship show here. That would be. But I think one. it starts with just having a scene. We got to have and at the
1: grassroots, you know. Uh, I like the idea that Master Cha is trying to push with the uh, ITF point Muay tie. I feel like okay. starting at the base levels of things, I like what the USMF is doing, especially with the Youth Development League. You know, and within the Youth Development League, they're developing Olympic-style Muay Thai,
0: um, yeah, but for I kids
1: did. as young as seven years old and uh, under 10 years old, they have no head content. So right. they have elbow pads, knee pads, chest guards, shin guards, and Olympic-style Muay Thai, clinch, sweeps, all of that, but no head contact. I like it. Uh, and, and that's great, man. This is a great way to... to Generate an audience from the ground up, you know? Um, Damn and, and I feel like those kids who are, who are starting to become something now, their families fell in love with Muay Thai. And then a little by little, the, the sport has a has a base.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we, you know, we'll, we'll, I think we'll collaborate soon. Let's, let's, let's do some stuff. I have, I have an idea, but it might require us. It might not be done until next year, but it, it might be pretty cool. Uh, cool. We'll talk off the air. Um <laughs> <laughs> so tell me real quick man what's in your future are you retired
1: um i, uh, I don't know I'm, I
0: got ah, we're, listen brother i answered that question the same i listen i i think i'm i think i got you by a few years but a couple i say it the same way man as soon as people say something ah. <laughs> <laughs> so what if you do fight where how would you do that I mean, I'm not, I'm not going I'm to not run instead. a world
1: championship. I'll probably fight. I'll probably fight internationally. Um, I get invited to fight in Barbados once a year. I would love to do that one again. Um, I took some injuries that I'm, I'm still getting, getting back to normal again. And then I'll kind of mm-hmm. decide with the next
0: event. Comes. All right, man. Well, you got to keep me posted. I still got some sparring in me, you know, if you need some work yes. or whatever, before, before the, before the stroll back into the ring. Uh, <laughs> this is my bad crew, Dave. Yo, Dave, tell them where you, where they can find you, brother.
1: Um well com, and uh for me and everybody who loves Muay Thai, um this is the place. And then uh on Instagram I am beautiful violence miami beautiful violence underscore Miami. And uh I'm here in Miami, Florida at my gym every day. Uh Beautiful Violence Miami Muay Thai. We're, we're uh right next to Tropical Park, the- All
0: right. you wanna uh, give a like a quick walkthrough? Do you wanna do you wanna just give yes. us a little glimpse
1: of it? Show yes, yes, yes. What's All right. Beautiful? So... so I am far from done, but really proud of where we started. This was like uh, 30 years of overgrown Florida back here, and I tore it all down by hand, a little step at a time. We kind of put like a little front area where our bags and stuff like this, and then I have my main floor area in here, and it's not a whole lot of whole lot of fancy stuff, but it's exactly what I would have no, normally said Thanks so much, Jim. <laughs>
0: I love it, man! I can't wait to come down and um, get some work in there, and I want to film that, man, so we can show everybody. You know, yes, your your training abilities. <laughs> Listen, yes, brother, yes. it's been a pleasure. I've man, I love you, my man. It's been a long time, and uh, I'm really proud to just even have known you this long and be involved with this for for this long. So, thank you so much, my man. I, I, I could say it. the very same. And yeah.
1: I, when I see your podcast now, it makes me think exactly the same thing. I think, man. I've known this guy since
0: we started this thing. <laughs> yeah, man. Long time, brother. I'm glad I could have you on, man. I hope you, you have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you, my brother. <laughs> Peace. Yo, that was my conversation with the crew, Dave Gomez. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you drop us a line. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Hit that notification bell. And we'll be at you next week with another episode. It's your boy, Lucky, from Lucky's Muay Thai. And we are... We out of here. Peace, y'all. <laughs>
1: Yeah.